Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope you are all rocking it out. This is Thursday. This is the 15th. We literally have two weeks left in the year. Where are you at? That's the question. You know, it's like this is this is this is just crazy. When I look at the fact, where'd the year go? What's going on? What's happening? You know. You know, I, I just, I think, gosh. You know, this is a, I don't know. I'm, I'm laughing because this is a wonderful year. I, I think about this season. I think about where we've been in the last 11 and a half months. I, I look at today and I think, even though with a, with, with kind of a, a rip-out heart because we didn't finish the job, I think. But I'm so excited because the war in Iraq has ended. Our, all of our guys will be home by the 31st. You know, their families, in some cases, these guys have served three, four tours. They're coming home. I see all this stuff happening. But yet, yet, fear keeps some of us back. It, it, it's crazy when I think of that. Fear keeps some of us back. I looked at the ceremonies today in Iraq. Fear didn't keep those young men from going over there. Commitment did. But yet, this is something, after reading Richard's book, Mach 2, I decided it was timely for this. I've been working on this since I heard a, a catalyst message by Mark Driscoll back in October. And it just kept gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And then I've got people close to me that have gone through so much lately that I decided I was going to do this one today. See, fear is really just in the mind. And what you've got to look at, ask yourself, what is it that you fear most? What's the first thing that comes to mind? See, that's one of the first questions that we have to ask ourselves. What is it that we fear? Heights, the telephone, public speaking, spiders, clowns, rejection. How about you leaders? And I know some of you think this is really weird, but what do you think about? Are you afraid of conflict, failure, success, criticism, embarrassment? I want you to write this down because this is important. Fear in the mind causes stress in the body. For you Christians, because I warned everybody, I'm going to be using the Bible a lot. For you Christians, the Bible says our body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. But yet fear causes stress in the body. When people face fear, they face it in three different ways. One, they, they fight. They hit that fear head on. Hell or high water, they're going to move through it. It still affects their body. There's those that will will take 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 and flee. They just run. First sign of conflict, they are out of there. Then there's those that that just really go through a, a lot of fright. They get we call it paralysis of analysis in network marketing, but they they just freak out. They just they just stop what they're doing. They hope that they're kind of like the the, the the little creature that blends in to the, to the surroundings. If they just stand still, nobody will see them. 
Remember what I said a minute ago. Fear in the mind causes stress in the body. And what happens when that, that, that takes place? Think about this. If you have fear in the mind, it causes stress in the body, then the body is going to start to manifest this stress. You have a bunch of headaches. You're getting hives. Got sinus infection, urinary tract infections, heart issues, high blood pressure. Are you depressed? Can you sleep? Or, or maybe you can't go to sleep. Think. Of, I mean, this is so freaking important. And after after going through Mach two, I thought, man, this is just a timely place. Some of you Christians, here's what happens to you because it's happened to me. You 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 paint this freaking picture so bad in your mind. You fear everything that's happening. You, you, you get so cracked up in your mind that you know what you do? You jump to Revelations and you just keep praying, oh, I wish God would come back and take me away from this hell. Every time you turn on the TV, you're just praying that somebody says the rapture took place. What we fear in the mind causes stress in the body, which manifests it in some kind of a, a usually a, a sickness, mental, mentally, physically, sometimes spiritually. If you're a fighter, you, you know, you don't get that, that the depressed feeling. What happens is you get freaked out. Your adrenal glands go through the roof. You start drinking coffee. Then you move to, to the high-caffeine, you know, Mountain Dew. And then you go to go to some power energy drink. Man, if you're going to start sucking down energy drinks, at least go get a Ver from Vima or, or a Blue Frog from Lemu or, or even get on a, on a stick over at, at 2110 and start taking life shots. But don't just freak out with all this crappy caffeine and, and junk. Uh, this is some serious stuff. See, I've been afraid throughout my life. I'm no different than anybody else. At one time or another, I, I've either been afraid to succeed, afraid to fail, afraid of what my mom would say, what my dad might say, afraid I'd fall short on other people's expectations, afraid of out-and-out rejection. The difference between me and the average leader, I think, is I don't have a problem sharing the fact that I'm just a normal human being. I've just been blessed by God to have a little bit of influence in a couple places. See, when I've gone through and I realize, man, i got an unexplained headache. Oh, my gosh, I've got ulcers. I've got acid reflux. I can't sleep. I can't stay awake. I don't want to answer the phone. I want people to leave me alone. I remember one year I gained 40 pounds. You want to know why? I'd come back from Destin, and we just we just had a record year at a country club that I was running in Kansas City. I got back, and I had a certified letter saying, you've been terminated. If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have spent two weeks in Destin. It's a whole lot cheaper to live here than it is to pretend you're a tourist. So then I freaked out. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to take care of the family? We've got these two new baby girls. I've got the boys. Man, I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep. I was up all night. I'd go to sleep. Then when I got up, I'd say, let's go to McDonald's. I don't, I don't want you to worry about cooking anything. Forty pounds in a year. Today, when fear hits, I go into a fight mode. And in a minute, I'm going to share how I do that because it's important. Some of you go into that flight mode. You just check out, man. You're, you're kind of like the mountain man who looks in the cave. He just wants to go there, leave me alone, don't touch me, I'll, I'll live up here by myself, I'm cool. And others, you hide behind anything that comes into sight, hoping that people will just forget about you. It's funny because in, 
in Luke 12, 25, this is what Jesus says. And for you that don't read the Bible, that's in the New Testament. It's like after he's been born and stuff like that. And this is going to be my paraphrase because I just put things in my mind in terms that I can understand. But here's here's what he says. How many of you have added an hour to your life by being anxious? By fearing something. How many? Think about this for a minute. I mean, this is just common sense. This isn't about some, hey, get saved, go to heaven, all that stuff today. If you're on here thinking, man, why is he talking about the Bible? Listen to what I'm saying here. Jesus. To you, he may not be the son of God. To me, he is. Maybe he was just a great prophet. Listen to what he said. How many of you, he's talking to all these people in front of him, can add an hour to your life by being anxious, by having fear, by having stress? But yet we do it. But now think about this for a minute. This Jesus was like walking around here 2,000 years ago. I mean, you know, what'd you have to worry about? You know, you could go fish anywhere you wanted to. You could go pluck grass at the side of the road and eat. Didn't like today where you got to go out there or you starve to death. But yet the people were worried. See, if Jesus is asking the question, how does fear benefit us? then shouldn't we be asking that of ourselves too? What are we going to gain from this? Many years ago on a 3 by 5 card, when this finally hit home to me, and after after being having it slapped upside my face when Mark Dristel was at Catalyst, I remembered what I'd written on a 3 by 5 card many years ago. Just simple words. Sin or trust God. You may be saying, well, Troy, why would you write sin or trust God? Because there was a time in my life when I really got stressed, I'd end up in a strip club. I mean, you talk about the ultimate, let's just let's just flee this thing, let's just go disappear, it's sitting in a strip club. You don't have to worry about anything except that you run out of dollar bills. When I got my act together, I started thinking about this, sin or trust God. Here are the two most important questions you can ask yourself. This is the whole premise of this call today. And I want you to I want you to write this down. You need this on a three by five card. You, you probably ought to have it tattooed on your forearm. Number one, what are you afraid of? What is it that you fear the most? What freaking situation paralyzes you, gives you headaches, doesn't let you sleep at night? Number two. And this is probably the most important of the two questions. Who are you afraid of? Think about that. Especially you that are leaders. You that are called to change people's lives. Who are you afraid of? Some mentor or those people that are following you? See, I think in most people's lives, we never even realize that we've replaced God as the number one person that we should be in fear of, we should be in awe of. We don't realize that. And and you that don't, you know, I mean, I don't know, 84% of the American population say they believe in God. So think about this for a second, whether you believe in him or not, or whoever you believe in. The principle is the same. If you've put anybody in a position that you fear then they control your life, not God. Two things happen when you put somebody else in a position that was really, 
especially if you just believe the Ten Commandments. If all you did in the Bible say, well, I know the Ten Commandments. It says don't screw around on your wife, don't kill people. But it also says don't have any other God before me. That was number one. So if you put someone else before God, then number one, they will have their own agenda for your life. You are no longer walking, in, in, in a Christian's words, you are no longer walking in the will of God. In the secular world, you are no longer fulfilling your mission in life, what your dreams and your goals are. You're fulfilling somebody else's. And number two, we start to worship them. We hold them up as some magnificent person, and very quickly they will become the number one most significant person in your life, even beyond yourself. I see this so much in network marketing. I see it when people leave network marketing, and then all they do is bad talk their upline people. He was a cult leader. He treated me this way, yada, yada, and that may all be true, but they put them in a position that should have only been there for God. See, when we do this, we... We put these people here. We need them to know who we are. We need them to bless us, praise us, not criticize us or oppose us. See, this works for leaders. Leaders are up here, and, and you'll put your downline in this position. Now, I know that's really weird, but you're the big stud on stage. You're that hottie that's up there sharing all they know. And if one person says to you, man, you were really off today, that kind of sucked. You freak out. You don't know what to do. Or you're that downline person and your leader snaps at you. And what do you do? You freak out. You're that, you're that spouse. And something goes haywire and you freak out. You put somebody else before God. Who are you afraid of? See, we find ourselves needing to live under their sovereign rule, whoever we put in this position. And we need them to become our source of life. We no longer are able to take care of ourselves the way we should. We're no longer following the will of God or following our purpose in life. Every waking moment we're thinking of of this person or people, and, and, and all of a sudden, everything we think about has to do with them. That's called worshiping them. And here's what happens. We place these people in a position of fear. We fear them, we worship them. In other words, they have become our functional God. It's God with a little G for you Christian folks, not God with a big G. All of a sudden, our whole life revolves around these human beings. And you know what? You could have been married to them for 100 years. They're not God. And if they act like God, somebody should slap them upside the head and send them to hell for a couple of days so they can figure out what it's like. This is why women come into network marketing is because they get so verbally abused at home by, by husbands that act like jerks that they come in here they get a little bit of recognition a little bit of freedom but here's what happens all of a sudden instead of that person at home being that functional god they found someplace else to put it and they don't get the problem fixed 
They still fear. Now they fear that they'll be rejected from the organization. Do you realize when you fear somebody in an unhealthy manner that you can't love them? When you put somebody in a position of authority, a position of, aha, oh, they're great, they're awesome, or, oh, my gosh, what would they say? I hope they don't criticize all that. All of us, you can't love them. When, when you fear somebody, you're taking from them. You're not giving to them. This is really, really weird, and I know some of you people are saying, man, the, he's mixing so much with this spiritual stuff and this, this business stuff, but see, to me, it's all one. See, when you love somebody, you give to them. When we fear somebody, we're taken away from them. I can talk about this now like I couldn't several years ago. So I've put myself out there as a target because I love our profession of network marketing. I don't have a problem just saying what I feel. And people take pot shots at me all the time. I've, called, I've been called everything from the positive side as one of the greatest influencers in network marketing in the 20th century, 21st century. To be calling to be called a pedophile for the network marketing industry. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But that's what happens when people have done what I'm talking about right here, and then their lives are shattered. I don't want you turning me off. I just want you to listen because here's how it works. When when we put somebody in, they take the place of God, and we don't even realize that we're doing this. It's not that they're they're the real God. It's like I said, they're just our functional God. But most of the time, we don't even realize this has happened because when we think of no other gods before us, when we think of the ideology deal, when we see you know all this stuff on on TV, you know Indiana Jones and all this, here's what we end up seeing. We see the places, the things, the money. We never think about the people. Our boss, our wife, our husbands, our kids, our downline, upline, prospect, secret lover, virtual lover. Anyone we don't think we can live without but God. Kind of goes back to to Hinckley. You know, Hinckley, he took it to an all-time high. He thought he could not live without Jodie Foster, and he, he was so clueless, he didn't even know she was a lesbian. So he goes out there and tries to kill President Reagan so he can get her attention. He idolized her in a sickening way. And, you, you know, that's, that's the most extreme example. But ask yourself, whose love, attention, recognition are you wanting? Who gets you so stressed out when you fear that they're slipping away, when you fear that you aren't good enough for them? Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man is a snare or a trap which leads to death. What's this deal with our fear of people, our fear of man? It's the nuttiest freaking thing that I've ever seen. Ed Welsh, he's a biblical counselor. Some of you may not know him. He explains fear like this. He says, fear in the biblical sense includes being afraid of someone. Who are you afraid of? He says, fear extends to holding someone in awe. Who are you worshiping? He says it. It extends to being controlled or mastered by someone. Who has so much influence in your life, on your emotions, your well-being, your physical health, your spiritual direction, that you're not your own person anymore? 
He says fear in the from a Bible biblical context it means placing people in a position of God, putting unhealthy trust in people, needing people, needing them not to criticize you, leave you, or say no to you. Fear is when we replace the fear of the Lord with the fear of people. See, the funny thing is, when we're in our teens, they call it peer pressure. As adults, we call it people-pleasing, and the medical field, they're the greatest. They call it codependency. Who do you fear? Who do you need? Ask yourself these questions. Whose opinion matters way too much? Who's the one person that you have to hear from And when you do, if they criticize you, it devastates you, even if everybody else thought you were awesome. Think about that. Is your appetite for praise way too unhealthy, some of you leaders? Do you just wait to go jump on the Facebook every morning and see who said you were the coolest? Do you try to come up with the greatest phrase you can think of just to get people to say we like you? Oh, you're the greatest. Oh, you're so smart. Do you put your pictures up there? So people will say, you're looking good. Are you overly devastated by criticism? Look, criticism hurts. You think me being called a pedophile didn't hurt? I raised six kids and I'm raising three granddaughters. If this guy hadn't uh, hid or her hidden behind a pseudonym, I'd have probably looked him up and slapped the holy Jesus into him. Just pisses me off. Criticism. Rick Warren put it this way in a, in a conversation. He says it's instant, it's global, and it's permanent. Freaking on the Internet everywhere. And if you guys don't know it, not everything on the Internet is the truth, by God. So how do we overcome this? What do we do? If fear is manifested through stress and the fear of people is unhealthy then we need to be able to define fear in a simple way so that we can write it on a 3x5 card and use it. This is how I've defined fear. Fear is vision without hope. And it's not always rational, but it's always powerful. Fear is vision without hope. We, We envision our life to be a certain way. but we don't hope on ever accomplishing it. We're terrorized by what we see. Matter of fact, it's kind of scary because by allowing somebody else to be that functional God force, it does several things. It causes us to be our own false prophets because we start preaching a false gospel. Remember Richard's book, Mach 2, that we just finished, The Art of Vision and Self-Motivation? He says we got to change the screenplay. If fear is vision without hope, that means the vision that we're seeing, the, the, the life that we fear, the thing that we fear most, it ain't ever going to happen. How many of seriously, think about this. How many of you have been in a position where you feared the worst, And when you finally got to the situation, either it didn't happen that way at all or it wasn't near as bad as you thought it was. Now you've become your own false prophet. And as Richard put it, you you are able to fulfill a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. 
because you feared. See, this is what sucks, is when we see this happen. What are you afraid of? Who are you afraid of? What do you envision your hell on earth to be? Or what do you envision your your so-called heaven on earth to be? See, here's the funny thing. Let me put it in, in to, to a context that might be easier to understand. If you fear being single, going through life not having a mate, then your heaven on earth is being married, or at least being in some type of a permanent relationship. And your functional savior becomes your mate. Some of you, your hell on earth is being married because that mate is not really the functional God. They're just like devil reincarnated. You start to think about having an affair. Well, some of you think about just killing your mate, so let's not go there. But you think about having an affair, so the functional God becomes that person you're having the affair with. Or if you want to bring it into business, because I know you all love this, if you fear rejection in sales and recruiting, then hearing the busy signal on the other end of the line and, and starting to use some kind of online system, that becomes your heaven. And the creator of that online system becomes your God because they're telling you, you don't have to pick up the phone, you don't have to build relationships. See, this is interesting. If you fear walking across stage, if you fear talking to people in public, you want to know what happens? Failing at network marketing becomes your savior and jumping from company to company or becomes your heaven. Failure becomes your heaven and, and jumping from company to company becomes your savior. So how do we get over this? How do we move? You've got to rewrite the screenplay. But here's the fun part. This is the part that I that I love the most. Because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says this. Fear not. Two words. Fear not. Now you may have thought I was going to give you some grandiose secret. But there isn't. It's just a simple solution. Even the most educated college kid on this show can listen to this. Fear not. It's the most frequently commanded thing in the Bible. Fear not. Now, God didn't yell it all the time like I am. But I want it to penetrate in your doggone mind, and I know that if I yell it, at least half of you are going to say, then let's do it. Yeah, we're going to fight. Some of you are going to go into that flight mode. You're going to take off because he yelled. And some of you are just freaking paralyzed because you hated yelling. You, you always just stopped when somebody yelled. But think about this for a second, especially you that love the Lord. If God wrote a book, and it's a great book, and if God says it over and over in there, then it, it must be important. Fear not. This is the funny thing. How many times God says this? And in the most of the time, it wasn't even said as a commandment. What he said was, fear not, I am here with you. Fear not, it's going to be okay. We're in this together. 
you guys have all seen the little footprints thing where there's only one footprint on the sand and the guy's praying, God, I wanted you to be with me, and he said, I was, I was carrying you. Genesis 3, Adam hides because he'd sinned. He was ashamed. God didn't get pissed off at him. God went and hunted him up, and they walked together still. Genesis 15, God said, Abraham, fear not. I am your shield. I will protect you. Genesis 26, Isaac, fear not. I am with you. Jacob, I am with you. God keeps telling us, fear not. I am with you. Exodus 34, Moses, fear not, I am with you. King David, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mary, the mother of Jesus, a 13, 14-year-old girl, and the angel said, fear not, the Spirit of God. You need to rewrite your screenplay like Richard Brooks said in Mach 2. And you better permeate on your brains that you're living an epic adventure. And every epic adventure that has ever been written, that has ever been put into a movie, that has ever been in real life, the crusade and the cause and the mission and the purpose always, always succeeds. Even though the hero and the heroine go through their own fearful times. Fear not. You're on this call today for a purpose. You have been called to be a great person and to fulfill a unique purpose in life. So cut out the false prophet crap and fear not, for God is with you. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. And be back with me tomorrow for RealMentorsRadio.com.